what goes up must come down. Welcome to the Brand Breakdown. I'm Michelle. And I'm Courtney. And this is where we're going to track the rise and fall of big brands, from companies to celebs to pop culture phenoms and everything in between. Let's get started. have breaking news in the United Kingdom. King Charles has cancer. Courtney, I'm going to let you start off by telling us everything you know, and then we'll go over a few things about what that means. Okay. So what I know is basically exactly what you said. The king has cancer. Um, Buckingham Palace, unlike when he first went into the hospital a couple of weeks ago to have the treatment for his enlarged prostate did not release a lot of details this time. So we know he has cancer. We know that it was found during the surgery for the enlarged prostate. We know that they saw an area of concern. And then after some testing, it was determined to be cancer. The prime minister has mentioned that it was caught in early stages. And there's been some indication that everything is very um, positive and not necessarily a Life very scary. Yeah. Well, we, so, I mean, I guess with all cancer, I, it's so hard to say, you know, it's not life-threatening because it's cancer. Right. Um, but there's no indication that there's any imminent threat. Um, they've said that the King will continue undertaking his administrative duties. So that's his daily red boxes, paperwork, um, reading through the various documents and letters that come across his desk. They have said he is also going to do his best to keep up with his weekly meetings with the prime minister. However, the public facing duties, so investitures, walkabouts, all of that type of thing will be postponed for the time being. It's thought that investitures will be handed off to William and Princess Anne, who have done quite a few of them. So they'll be taking over those duties for the time being. Also, potentially, the Duke of Edinburgh may take over some, um, Prince Edward, although I don't believe he's ever done any before. So it'll probably just stick with William and Princess Anne. And it's like a really interesting time because, you know, there had always been talk during the late Queen's reign that Charles wanted to have a slimmed down monarchy, and that meant that it was just going to be really a focal point on himself and his sons and their families. And then we had Harry and Meghan leave the UK. We had Andrew have to step back from his job. So the monarchy kind of slimmed itself down, maybe a little bit too far because losing Harry and Meghan meant that there were now there was a lack of two adults to undertake some of the workload, especially with some of the remaining royals getting up there in years you know Charles and Anne are not and the queen are not young necessarily and then the king's cousins the Gloucesters and the Kents are not young at all so I think they're all in their 80s um so there's kind of a lack of adult royals to go around right now and then with Catherine and the king now also being sidelined due to illness we're really down to the Queen, William, and the Edinburghs, Sophie and Edward, and then Princess Anne. Um, and Princess Anne's husband, Timothy Lawrence, doesn't really undertake engagements. He attends engagements with her, but he doesn't undertake any himself. I don't know if maybe he may be called to step in. Um, and then there's been some speculation that perhaps Princess Beatrice may be called up, which has been speculated since Harry left. So the royals are kind of in a 
like a scheduling bind right now <laughs> in terms of right. things they have to do and the available bodies they have to do them. So it'll be interesting to right. see what they do there. Well, so I was watching the news this morning and they had a segment on the Today Show about, A, what could the diagnosis be? And B, what would be the different treatments for the diagnosis? So number one, my hope is, is that is a quick treatment and that he's back to his royal duties and et cetera. And as you know, um, Prince William is undertaking some royal duties this week. He's going to be back in the spotlight beginning tomorrow. Um, but on the Today Show, the resident doctor that they have talking about diagnoses and things like that said, first of all, we can't speculate on what it is because there are so many parts of the body that could have been identified <laughs> while they were undertaking the surgery and, you know, found something. So it could be everything from bladder to colon to, um, you know, other parts of the body, kidneys or whatever. Um, but she also said, you know, someone said that they were concerned because he was starting to um, treatment today. And so she said, well, you know, you don't know what kind of treatment that is and what the course will be because there's three main treatments. There's immunotherapy, there's chemotherapy, and then there's radiation. You know, those are the top three that typically, you know, someone would undertake with a cancer diagnosis. And some of those can be as easy as, you know, if it's skin cancer, sometimes you use Effudex, which is a form of chemo to put, you know, on areas of your body. And that's topical. So obviously we don't think his is topical, but I'm, what I'm saying is it could be, you know, a, a light course of whatever it is and they just want to knock it out. So I think first mm -hmm. of all, we don't know if it's, it could be in situ, it could be stage one, it could be, you know, it doesn't feel like it's past stage two. You know, I think that we would have heard more about that. doesn't feel like it, but maybe they're not releasing that yet. So I do hope that whatever the treatment is that they've begun, it's a short course and that he'll be back in the spotlight before you know it. So secondly, um, like you were talking about, they have kind of this dearth of um, senior royals to go out and do engagements. Well, Prince William, as you were talking about with King Charles, he's going to do an investiture tomorrow as well mm -hmm. as go and represent um, the represent the royals for the London Air Ambulance Um fundraising gala tomorrow mm -hmm. evening. So I'm glad he's back in the spotlight, which means says to me that princess Catherine is doing better, right? Like he, I don't think he'd be out doing engagements again if she weren't doing better. Yeah. I definitely think that, you know, they announced, I believe it was last week. So Catherine came home and then a couple days later they announced that, you know, next week William will be picking up his engagements. So I think that hopefully that's a sign that everything went as planned with Catherine's surgery and her recovery and that she's been on the up and up since last week when they made the decision that yes he would be attending the air ambulance gala um that's something that's been on his schedule for months and months and it was you know up in the air as to whether or not he would attend because if Catherine wasn't doing well obviously he would not go so the fact that they announced pretty shortly after she returned home from the hospital that he would be there makes me think that her recovery is going as planned um I do think that you know it's really interesting we saw when Kate and the king first both went into the hospital we saw that Kate's office didn't really give many details they just said abdominal surgery she'll be out for approximately this long and they seem to have stuck to their timeline of, you know, she would be in the hospital for 10 to 14 days. She would be off public duties possibly until Easter, which is in March this year. Um, but with the King's prostate surgery, they announced, I mean, not a ton of details, but they did tell us what it was for, that he was hoping to raise awareness and all of that. And 
what happened with that is the Royals don't typically announce anything to do with their health. Um, you know, for years, the late queen was suffering from mobility issues. That's all we knew. All we knew was she had mobility issues. Um, the, you know, William had COVID. We didn't know he had COVID until after he was home and, or not, he didn't go to the hospital or anything, but like after he was recovered and feeling better, it turned out, oh, he had COVID. So the Royals tend to not release details of medical issues, probably for a number of reasons. One, they have a right to privacy and they share everything with us. So let them be sick in peace. Um, but two, they don't want to cause any undue concern or stress or some sort of fear of like a constitutional crisis or anything like that. So this time around, the King's office has simply said he was diagnosed with cancer and they didn't provide many details. And so now people are like, well, why aren't they giving us any details? How come like he, they were so forthcoming about the enlarged prostate? Why are we not hearing more details about the cancer diagnosis? And I've seen a lot of crazy people saying like, oh, the fact that we haven't seen Kate this whole time. Like someone suggested the other day she was dead. Someone suggested she was in a coma. Oh my God. Yeah. That's and it's like terrible. maybe, yeah. And it's like, maybe she's just not feeling well and doesn't want a camera in her face. Like think about it. after she gave birth, Within 24 hours, she was standing out on the steps doing a photo call, like all primmed and primed and all of that. Like maybe she just does not feel good and she wants to be left alone. And she said, you know what? I'm putting my foot down. I don't want to be on spectacle right now <laughs> while I'm not feeling well. It doesn't mean she has died or she's in a coma or that the situation is a life or death situation. It just means she is sick and she is recovering. And I mean, I'm still holding the thought, whether it's true or not, this is just my own speculation, that whatever surgery she had was serious enough that perhaps it's something that she needs to like mentally adjust to, you know, like right, something like a colostomy or something like that, where like she has this situation now. Oh my now God, that, that's terrible speculation. <laughs> I know. And I know. And again, completely just like speculation, not at all. The only reason I think that is like, recovery time, abdominal, and the fact that we like haven't seen any sight or sound of her. But it just makes me think like she could have had a surgery that was like something she really needed to adjust to mentally. And she doesn't want to do that on a public stage. Just like the king now has to deal with a cancer diagnosis and everything that comes along with that emotionally and physically, in addition to what comes with like treatments emotionally and physically. And he just doesn't want to do that in public. And I think that is fine. And it doesn't mean that there's something, you know, more dangerous being kept from the public or anything like that. It just means like they're entitled to privacy and sometimes they're going to take it. And typically the royals do take their privacy when it comes to medical stuff. I think the king, by being so forthright about the prostate surgery, kind of, you know, he like broke precedence with that and then accidentally set a new precedent so now people are expecting more information and <laughs> yeah. it's yeah and it's like oh no 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 like they still don't owe us anything he was trying to do good by you know raising awareness for a benign condition <laughs> and he, it kind of came surely, back around yeah. yeah he surely did not expect that a cancer diagnosis was going to come out of the fairly routine um prostate surgery so I, i'm sure that was quite a surprise and I also think that after he finishes treatment, my guess would be that he would tell everyone what it was. Well, you know, mm -hmm. unless I mean, I can't imagine anything so private 
um, that you wouldn't tell anybody, even if it was like testicular cancer, because Lance Armstrong made that mainstream, you know? Yeah. Um, well, so, I do I mean, think the Royals, you know, there is some element of like mystique around the Royals. And so I was thinking if it was something like bowel cancer or testicular cancer or rectal cancer, like maybe he's like, no, 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 no. We can't have the king think like we can't have people thinking about like the king's bum. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah no, the royal the royal bum. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, that, I, that makes sense to me. It's interesting because I was looking up um, like what happens when the king is suddenly indisposed. And it all comes back to the Regency Act of 1937, mm-hmm. where if there is an heir who is younger than 18, then they have a regent step, you know, kind of step in to take over duties. Mm-hmm. But because the royal family doesn't have any actual um, political duties anymore. It's really kind of a formality. So there's really nothing that happens, you know, as of right now with him stepping back or whatever, if, or if for some reason he was more ill than they let on. Um, it's just, you know, I, I think like you had talked about that he, you know, there's a possibility that if he was really ill, that he might have William step in and, and um, assume many of his duties, but we hope that's not the case. Yeah. Um, the regencies don't get triggered. So the way the regency gets triggered is that, um, the sovereign's spouse, although I think it may only be applicable to a queen, um, not like it, not Prince Philip during the late queen's reign. Um, so the queen, um, the Lord Chancellor and a couple of other people on the Privy Council have to all agree that a regency needs to take place. And then in that case, the regent becomes like, there's like a list of people that it, it becomes essentially. Right. And they have counselors of state and there's multiple of them. Um, so it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't just get triggered with like, oh, you know, when the king was, you know, under anesthesia, it didn't, it didn't trigger a regency for that couple hour period of time where he was like indisposed you know what i mean it's just if he were like with biden and kamala harris like when biden had a colonoscopy kamala harris was president for a few hours exactly and they do that in other monarchies as well you know anytime and actually in other monarchies anytime the monarch is out of the country a regency is enacted so in i mean frederick is the king of denmark now but when his mother was queen a couple weeks ago (laughs) um anytime she left the country he became regent even if she was, you know, if she was on vacation, if she was on state duty, even though she was technically the queen, there needed to be someone in the country who was in charge, essentially. Um, but like you said, the royals don't necessarily hold any political duties. I mean, they still, the monarch does still have to sign on, uh, sign off on acts of parliament. They have to sign off on any military plans, but it's all very ceremonial. It's not necessarily official, and I'm sure parliament could you know, it, it would cause a move without them. Yeah. I'm sure it would be a problem. Um, (laughs) but yeah, they're the monarchs more ceremonial these days than anything. Although there are some things that do, like I said, like there's signatures that have to be given and unless parliament wanted to start, you know, causing some sort of coup (laughs) or talks of, you know, like a dismantling the monarchy, somebody still has to be able to sign that paperwork. And that is when the regency would be kicked into play, but only if the King became so incapacitated that it wasn't like, Oh, you know, he'll be back tomorrow. Like it would have to be like, Oh, he's in a coma (laughs) for two weeks or something like that. You know what I mean? It would have to be very serious. So, well, 
it sounds like he's going to continue his daily duties, just not be mm-hmm. public facing, which I totally understand. Nobody with a cancer diagnosis wants to be public facing when they're un- undergoing treatment because there are a couple of reasons. A, you don't know what the side effects are going to be for you, even if it's a mild treatment. Right. And B, um, you don't know how you're going to feel or how you're going to look. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I had cancer on my forehead and did chemo on my forehead, by the I did it every day for six or eight weeks. I can't remember, but it's been a long time. But it looked like someone had filleted my forehead. Mm. It was awful. And I didn't want to go out in public. Right. Um, and I wore like a bandage on my forehead for, for a long time because it was so gross. Um, so, you know, you just don't know how you're going to feel or how you're going to look. And I totally understand him not wanting to take on public facing duties. But mm-hmm. I do um, I do think it's encouraging that he's not going to step back from all of his duties. He's going to continue to do his daily his daily thing. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. So and I wouldn't ha- be surprised we- if we saw him turn up at things kind of unexpectedly. I think a lot of it is to do with not wanting to commit to something that he may not be able to uphold the commitment to do, you know, because he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't know if he's going to be exhausted. He doesn't know if he's going to be feeling sick. So I think we may see him pop up at things kind of unexpectedly or with very short notice, but we shouldn't count on it necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. So when I was doing some research for this, I found the most interesting little ondits about um, Queen Camilla, which I had not seen before. Um, and one of the things that it talked about was how charming and lovely she is and that everyone says she's fitting into the monarchy really, really well because she's such a warm person. I had mm-hmm. not read that before. And I was really delighted to see that because I think that's going to be such a source of support for him. I mean, I know that they've been, you know, locked at the hip for many, many years, but I love that she could take on duties that he couldn't necessarily do or um, whatever and and have a charm about her. And apparently she is hilariously funny. Um, yeah. So I was delighted to read that, having not read a whole lot of positive things about her. Um, that kind of that kind of made me happy to read that. I think I read that in the new book, actually. Um, yeah, which we're going to be discussing later this week. It's been for years. I, I've been a Camilla fan for a very long time, um, and I've always thought she got like the short end of the stick on everything. And it's been talked about for years how she is not only really a source of like comfort and strength for Charles, you know, now the king. Um, but also she's hilariously funny. She has a very dry sense of humor and she's also a very like caring and compassionate person where, you know, they talk about in the book, they were talking about her childhood and her sister was talking about how they just grew up in this like warm, loving, cozy family, very unlike what you think of an aristocratic upbringing being with like, you know, nannies and you see the parents once a day or whatever. Um, Camilla is just she's even I think even the fact that her and her ex-husband are still very close friends says a lot you know like she's just a kind warm person who her introduction to the public wasn't great because it you know pitted her against Diana and she became the bad guy and all of this stuff but I think if you dive deeper into Charles and Diana's relationship and the fact that you know it was kind of almost like an arranged marriage And he never wanted to marry Diana in the first place. He was always in love with Camilla from from the start. It to me, I've always looked at Camilla as like they're almost 
Camilla and Charles to me have always been kind of like a great fairy tale. Like they were kept apart and then they were finally able to be together, which is what they wanted all along. So I have to interject here, but at the expense of another woman. So I have to, I mean, there was a lot of pain and suffering that went along with being the third person in a relationship. Oh, for sure. Um, But I also think it's important to to remember that. that Charles has said, and I believe Diana had also acknowledged that she cheated first. Charles tried to make it work. Like Camilla was married first. Charles realized like, obviously like she's married, she's moved on. I have to move on as well. He got married to Diana. Diana cheated first. They were both unhappy. And Diana's the one who gave up trying before Charles did. And then once, you know, once that happened, then he was like, all right, all bets are off. I'm going to go happily be with Camilla now um, while he was still married, which is not okay. And I'm not condoning, I'm not condoning cheating. I'm not saying that what they did was right or appropriate or that any of the three of them behaved in like (laughs) a correct manner. But I think that from the start, you know, years before Charles even met Diana, had he been allowed to have been with Camilla, so much pain for so many people would have been avoided and Charles would have been able to have been happy this whole time. Although on the flip side, then we wouldn't have William and Harry. So, you know, things happen for a reason. For a reason. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so let's table that because when we unpack Diana at some point and then King Charles at some point, that's all going to come to light. And I definitely want to do that at some point. So let's are going to hate me because I don't uh, hold Diana up on that same pedestal that. Right. But (laughs) I do. do. I do. So we will be able to go back and forth with that. No one's going to hate you. It's an opinion. Everything's <laughs> an opinion here. Like this is an opinion piece. Our whole podcast is an opinion piece other than the facts. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I do want to talk about the prodigal son returning. Ugh, uh, yeah. I, oh, we have <laughs> such different feelings about this. I do want to unpack that because I feel a certain kind of way and I know that you do too. So I'm going to tell you how I feel and then I want to yep. hear how you feel because I did hear you say, Bleh. Yeah. Um, so, so, <laughs> all right. So I'm happy he's coming back. I'm happy he's coming alone. I'm happy he's coming back. I read that, um, King Charles called them both privately to let them know his cancer diagnosis. It was a very intimate thing. And the fact that Harry's coming back, I don't think it signals necessarily that Charles is really, really ill. I don't, I think it signals that maybe he is looking at what has happened in the last three years. And he's thinking family means more than my own ego or my own problems or whatever. And I am hopeful for them, at least for King Charles and Prince Harry, that they are able to, overcome their differences and talk them through and have good communications as a result of a terrible diagnosis. That's how I feel. I'm happy he's coming back. Now, how do you feel? (sighs) Well, okay. So on the one hand, I feel the same. I'm, I hope that, you know, in light of a crappy situation, maybe this is like the nudge that Harry needed to realize what's important. Um, and that he can start rebuilding bridges with his family. Um, I actually would have liked to have seen Megan and the kids come. I think that it would have. Oh, I think that was a no-go girl. I mean, I'm sure Megan had no desire to be there. I think that Charles likely didn't really want to see her. He wants to see his son, but I would have liked to have seen the kids be able to see their grandfather. You know what I mean? Like Lilibet's never met her grandfather as far as I'm aware. So I think that it would have been especially during this time, although 
you know, on the flip side, maybe they're yeah, like, we don't really want the kids time. around. He needs to rest. Yeah. Um, well, and you don't want to meet somebody for the first time when you're very vulnerable, which he is. You know, you want right. to meet your grandkids feeling your best self. Right. Um, and but my concern is that, you know, the like Harry did not come over when it was a benign prostate situation. He did not come over when the que- everybody knew that the queen was ill the summer before she died. He did not come. You know what I mean? Like he knew he had a little bit more time. He thought he had more time than he did. Everybody did. But he knew that the queen was dying and that that summer was probably going to be her last and he did not rush over. He did not come when Philip was sick. He did not come. Like there are so many instances where Harry did not come, where the situation was kind of more serious. And so to me, this says, is this, it just makes me think, I want to say in the back of my head, but not really in the back of my head, like in the front of my head, (laughs) like maybe (laughs) this is more, not necessarily imminent life or death situation, but like it is more serious than, okay, they found something, they're going to remove a tumor, they're going to do like, you know, a preventative round of chemo or whatever, and then they're going to call it a day. Um, Because the fact that Harry dropped everything, got on a plane yesterday, is now already, he landed in the UK probably about 45 minutes ago, maybe an hour ago. Um, So he's already there. And he is supposed to be in Canada next week for some Invictus stuff with Megan. So the fact that he did this as immediately as he could, and also maybe Canada is part of why Megan didn't come because then she would have been away from the kids for two weeks and that would have been a lot. I I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe if the kids came and Megan came, that would have made me even more freaked out. But the fact that Harry like dropped everything to come after he has not been around at times when he should have been and you know he wasn't there for christmas he after the coronation he got he went from the church to the airport still in his suit you know what i mean like there were so many instances where he should have been there and he wasn't and now the fact that he dropped everything and came just makes me nervous um but as you know cancer changes everything can't the 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 Big C, when you get that, it changes everything for you, for your family, for the people that you love, for your friends. Everyone rallies when it's cancer, period. Yeah, but I mean, there was, there is the persisting rumor. I don't know if it's true or not. I think Hardman says it's not in the book, but that the queen had cancer, um, that she was suffering from myeloma, which is bone cancer. And that had contributed to all of her, you know, mobility issues and this, that, and the other, um, I don't know. But maybe just, she'd had that for years. I mean, she could have had that. If she had multiple myeloma, she could have had that for years. I know. You know? And I, it just also like, you know, like Megan's father has had how many heart attacks at this point? He's had, I think he had a stroke. Like they have not rushed to see him. It, that's, it, the not whole on, thing that's not just, on Harry. That's on No, Megan. I know. But it just, the whole thing just makes me, it just makes me nervous. And then also I look at it from the perspective of like Harry's done nothing but cause pain to everybody in his family for years and years now. And literally, I believe the timeline given yesterday was within 10 minutes. The palace released the statement about the king having cancer. And 10 minutes later, the first story broke that Harry would be arriving in the UK. So within 10 minutes, the story pivoted and it was about Harry. And is he going to be here? And what's going to happen? And oh my, like it just, 
Ugh, I'm just frustrated with him. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, I'm happy I that he's too. coming. I'm happy he'll see his dad. I'm hopeful that maybe, I don't know. This is one of those times where it's like, if Harry and Meghan had just been patient, you know, we talked about how there's not enough royals to go around right now. Like they would have been the stars of the show right now. The king would have been ill. William would have been home taking care of Catherine, who's ill. And Meghan and Harry would have been the yeah, okay, like that ship has sailed. That ship yeah, has sailed. It's it sailed. But like it's like if they had just been patient, they would have got what they wanted. Instead, they trashed the whole family. They caused everybody so much pain. And now Harry's coming back. And it's like, is this gonna be during this time of slimmed down monarchy and not enough royals to go around? Is he gonna be invited to step up? Are they gonna oh, keep no. him on the sidelines? No is he no going to recover his relationship with his brother? Like, yeah. I, I, and like, is seeing him, I'm sure on the one hand, seeing him will make Charles happy. But then on the other hand, like, are they going to have some painful conversations that it's like, this is not the time and place. Don't forget, Harry is still suing his father's government. Like, it's just a mess. And I just feel like it's like, Harry, I wish you would stay away because you lost the door for him to have made amends. I think had closed and to do it now seems too self-serving or not self-serving, but like, okay, I, I got to totally disagree with know. you. The door it's just was not never the right closed. Time. The door was never closed in terms of his relationship with his father. Now maybe his brother and his sister-in-law and his stepmother, fine door might be closed forever there. But when it's your child, you know, this, you have two children. I know, when it's your child. You always forgive. You always love. It's unconditional love for a reason. And I believe with all my heart that King Charles loves Harry and William but unconditionally. Harry but Harry doesn't I'm unconditionally doesn't... love his father and his family. Okay, and to me, that's, that's like, not... then you don't get to be here. You don't get okay, to, Okay, but that's like... not what this is. No. Know, that's not what I this know. is about. It's not about Harry, Harry's um, incapability of loving his family unconditionally. It's about King Charles saying, I have cancer. I love my son. And I want to forgive him and restore relations to the best of my ability. Only between the two of them. We don't know that Camilla's going to be or William or Catherine. Definitely Catherine's not going to be there. This is about Harry and Charles. 100%. It's not even about Meghan. You know, I, I think that you just love your children unconditionally. I mean, the only the only thing that where you would, would break that is if your child maybe killed your spouse or maybe killed his sibling or something like that. And then maybe there would be a crack. He did awful things. I am not disputing that. And you know how I feel about the things that he did. I would never have done that. At the same time, it's it's not our place to judge whether or not Charles forgives him, you know? I guess my thing is that if Charles is happy, then I'm happy. But if him finding out that Harry was coming caused him any amount of stress, then I feel like Harry should, have st should stay away. And I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume that since... Harry is here or there, I guess not here, <laughs> since Harry is in the UK, <laughs> since he got a police escort from the airport to wherever he was going. We had started recording before I even found out where he was going. Um, then I'm going to assume that Charles is happy that his son is there. And so I will be happy if Charles is happy. I will follow the king's lead. Um, but man, I wish he had come, you know, the summer before the queen died and done the right thing I will tell you then. 
There is no way that man has a police escort and has come to visit his father and it has been announced publicly without King Charles's not only approval, but invitation. There is no way that Charles would invite him knowing that it could potentially impact his recovery or his treatment. If he was not 100% sure it was a good thing for him to invite him. Harry didn't just jump on the plane and say, I'm coming. He can't do that anymore. You know, well, I mean, anybody could. Relations. I could jump oh, on a plane not... and go to the UK and then just, obviously yeah, I couldn't go see in. the king, but, well, we but don't know that, in. we don't know that Harry will get in. <laughs> we oh, assume he, he, he will. He has a police escort. That had to have been arranged by the palace. There's, there's, he didn't arrange his own police escort because he don't want to pay for it. We all know that. <laughs> true, true, true. So I like think I said, that he was invited. Do you think William will ever forgive him? No, absolutely I not. E- I don't either. And based on what I read in Hardman's book, William has zero intention of forgiving him. You know, William and Charles have not even read the book. Did you know that? They've just yeah. been briefed by AIDS. Yeah, they. that was for spare. That's for crown the docu-series so i believe for hardman's book there was palace participation um there was a lot of it actually he has a lot of interviews with like named like princess anne annabelle um who is the queen's sister so charles participated in hardman's book to an extent um but yeah spare and the docu-series neither of them have ever watched it or ever will and i don't blame them i wouldn't want to and i think one of it was in the book it said that one of Williams aides said something like he's a grown-up man with a cell phone in the BBC app he knows what's out there but like beyond that we just tell him what he needs to know and he's content not knowing for himself yeah if I was someone with a particular fame that William has I would never read about myself on the news no. like I I just wouldn't, I mean, I don't, I would never want someone to influence how I felt about myself based on gossip and speculation for the most part. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would, I would not, I would not read the news either. In fact, if I were a celebrity, I would not read the news. Um, I wouldn't either. Yeah. I I would just let my team tell me what I need to know. Like, oh, was the review for that good or bad? If it was bad, how could we make it better? But like, I don't need to hear the specifics of everybody freaking out. (laughs) Okay, so speaking of people in the news and scoops, I do want to um, pivot a little bit and talk about the fact that they're doing a movie on the Prince Andrew interview on the BBC um, called Scoop, and it's going to stream on Netflix sometime in the next year, I think, and I just think that is crazy. (laughs) I'm just... I think it's also... It's not way. just about the Andrew interview, is it? I thought it was I thought it was about the journalist and how she tends to get oh, it's all ab- Yeah, it's all about I- the scoop. It's all about, you know, how that interview came about, how it happened. Oh, I thought it was um, about her in general, not just that specific interview. That's crazy that they're doing a documentary about an interview. <laughs> I that's what I read. And it's based on the book Scoops by Sam McAllister, which kind of talks about how people get big scoops, um, oh, some of the biggest okay. scoops. That's yeah. why so, I thought it was about – like I didn't realize it was just about the interview. I thought – because the book – okay, I must have gotten my like headlines confused. So the book is about multiple scoops um, and it. it's called Scoops and the movie is called Scoop. Uh, which is without the S and that's just about the BBC interview with Andrew, which, um, you know, he stepped back what the next day from 
royal duties when that thing aired. I mean, it was such a it was such a terrible misstep in his career. It yeah, really, it really tanked him in a terrible way. And you know, eventually we will break down Prince Andrew, and it will come it will come up his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein and the list and that infamous picture and all that. So I'll be excited to break that down at some point, you know, probably later in the year. Um, but anyway, so that's another little piece of Royal news is that scoop is underway. They are already filming it. I think they started filming it in 2023. So hopefully it'll come out. Yeah. Hopefully it'll come out sometime this year. All right, everybody, that's it this week for the Royal Weekly Wrap-Up. Thanks so much for um, tuning in to us, as always. We look forward to talking to you again. Later this week, we'll be reviewing the Hardman uh, biography of King Charles and giving you all the key takeaways. Y'all have a great day. Bye.